0: Welcome to Stop Button Favorites, a podcast of the website, thestopbutton.com. My name is Andrew Wycliffe. My website is thestopbutton.com. This episode of Stop Button Favorites, I am talking about the faculty. Stop Button Favorites is a monthly podcast where I do an audio commentary track for a movie I have written about on the site and is in some way a favorite. Sometimes readers suggest Movies to do uh, commentary tracks for other times. I just picked something this month. I picked it. It's The Faculty from 1998, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by Kevin Williamson. I am watching the original Miramax home video release or Dimension home video, the DVD release, just because the movie has been released on Blu-ray, but... It's been released, uh, I think, by Mill Creek or whoever the the cheaper Disney-licensed reprint guys are. The Miramax-licensed reprint guys are. But my copy is from Canada because I, I bought it a while ago. So no idea if those two are the same print. So I figured the original DVD release would be the best idea. And let's get started right now. So the faculty came out in an off year from the Scream sequels. I remember there was some online... Excitement for this movie. Just because it was Robert Patrick. Uh, Maybe Dark Horizons. Sean Atousey, who was uh, very good on Southland. He's sort of doing TV. But he only had one movie after this. The Outside Providence was the only sort of attempt at this. But until this time, you assumed that... Miramax was going to run these these younger actors, because I think Sean Hattowski was like 28 or 30 or something, um, through the Miramax, you know, star-making machine where eventually they'd graduate to Touchstone uh, and Jerry Bruckheimer. And if you've seen the movie... The way this, what this actually is, and how it must play out, it'd be amazing to to see that visualized after the reveal. Baby New Earth, John Stewart being in this was a big deal too. Everybody liked John Stewart back then because of I don't remember what. Daniel von Bargen. So I saw this uh, at a sneak preview, and she's so good. She was in um, Summer of Sam around this time, too, and she just is doing these little um, guest parts. Or, or smaller roles and, and going back and seeing her on Frasier uh, when she was a, an annual visitor, uh, baby knew it's really underappreciated. And I wish that she did that dear diary um, pilot for DreamWorks television that they released as a um, Oscar short and it won a best short film and a, I've wanted to see it since 1993 and I haven't had a chance. I mean, I haven't had an opportunity. So I saw this came out on an off year, a Scream off year. This was like in between, I think, Scream and Scream 2, or Scream 2 and Scream 3. And it was before, if it was before Scream 3, it was before you knew all the problems. Scream 3 was going to have. But I saw this uh, at a the midnight show, and then I went back the next day or night to see it again with someone else. I can't remember if my sister and I saw it first or if we saw it the next day. But I've been a champion of the faculty since that first viewing. And I went back to it last year um, wanting to – wanting to confirm my um opinion of the film the implication of uh this behavior being standard is one of the things I love about the the sort of texture of the movie. That even though these characters aren't around for a long time, if they aren't, not to give any spoilers yet, um, there's a real uh, ground situation. And... In a lot of ways, it, it's it's very much like how the old universal um, 50s sci-fi movies would work where you'd have this town of, of people with pre-existing problems and things and it's just nice to see in this because we haven't even gotten to what the actual gimmick of the movie is yet, uh that it's it's an alien invasion with teenagers fighting it. Excuse me. Um it's still this this sort of scream esque sequence. I think this is the most, no, I guess Sin City in some way. Well, I don't know. Is this the most traditional cast that Rodriguez has had? Just with Piper Laurie and Baby Newworth. You don't really see them in Sin City 2 or whatever. Then it's, of course, it's before he, his hit was Spy Kids is what sort of made Robert Rodriguez. I had seen all of his movies. I mean, I'd seen, what, all three of them at this point. And you sort of saw... Nice little Terminator 2 reference. Um, It was just a very strange sort of... The late 90s with Scream and things like that, there was a real support for this idea of mm, the Dimension films uh, having a high – if not high profile, then – and now we get the almost John carpenter thing there. Um, but the Dimension films could have, you know, their Hellraiser direct-to-videos but also have solid theatrical things. Legitimacy, I guess, is what I was trying to say. And so, nice visual introduction from Rodriguez of all the characters. We already had Jordana Brewster. It's Josh Hartnett in the car. I think he'd been in H2O at this point. And H2O was also the the idea that... Dimension could do films of merit. And then I think it's Elijah Wood. Yep. I think Elijah Wood was one of the reasons I was interested in seeing this. I was a big Elijah Wood fan when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, 14 or Deval, Duvall. Uh, the War. I really like the war, the Kevin Costner one. And then... Now, if you... um It's sort of impossible to see Jordana Brewster in anything else just because, like, she's so good in this. As she can sell the idea that she's got up at five in the morning to put on her lipstick. But if you're counting the, the named cast, you'll see a lot of similarities between them and uh, the Breakfast Club kids. It's... Oh, it's Elijah Wood, okay. <laughs> um Laura Harris was in something called the Highwayman with Jason Priestley and Stephen McCaddy. It's worth a look. The slapping kids were... um, They get called out in the credits. One of the things about Hartnett's performance in this is, and I wonder, I feel like it's got to be some of the intentional on Rodriguez and whoever, I think Rodriguez edited this, but um, you'll notice that they cut the his reaction shots a little differently than everybody else's. And it creates this, this standoffishness. Salma Hayek, there's Harry Knowles um, cashing in on Ain't It Cool News back when that would matter. K. Jansen. Again, we, we didn't really meet the kids. We um... Coach is drinking a lot of water. Sorry. Watching Kevin Williamson movies, you feel like you're just pulling rewrites of existing scenes from other movies. Like it's hard to watch. Not it's not hard to watch them. It's just. When I'm trying to think of things to talk about, One, I mean obviously we've got a Halloween reference here, um, which had just been done in Halloween H2O, so it was kind of bold to do it again. But in that scene before, the teacher's lounge is very much like the movie Teachers, which one assumes Williamson would be familiar with. I think every um, teen movie at this point had started doing, you know, that that reading scene and the questioning, the Socratic method scene. Um, but I think ha- uh, Halloween 78 is the first one that um, certainly anybody thinks about. But of course, the John Hughes movies would have changed, and that was one quick thing I wanted to talk about was how teen movies changed in the 80s thanks to VHS, um, thanks to home video, thanks to cable. And so
1: uh,
0: later... Rodriguez has that that quick editing, but he's not changing. He's not cutting people in, in the middle of their expressions. I really should have checked to see if he actually edited this, but I guess I'd never thought about how important the um, cuts are in the dialogue sequences. But they're going to be because Williamson likes to talk. I think I had a edition of that English book – or history book. But in college, so – and of course the the use of licensed music to sell soundtracks and uh but used smart enough to transition scenes here Was anybody in this actually in, of high school age? Okay so eighteen minutes in we still aren't into things takes seven minutes out. but this sequence here and Rodriguez shot this in Texas for Ohio so it's kind of like California for Illinois and, and Halloween and Pieces of the film feel very much like, if not direct Carpenter homage, it feels very much like a callback to the late 70s sort of horror movies. This, Carrie, um, I'm sorry, not this, obviously, um, Halloween, Carrie, um... The one that Don Castorelli did, not Phantasm, the, the Kenny and Company, it, it 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 has that you you can sort of see you know the influence of growing up on crappy um after school specials, or even worse the ones shown in school. Um And that things being set up very – while still sort of artificially cinematic uh, with a lot more emphasis on uh, actual sort of high school experience, I guess. Which uh, is one of the things that (laughs) – Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 20 minutes in now and we still don't have the established character relationships, anything yet. It's just we have the named characters and we see them coming together here. And uh, we just learned what? We just learned octopi are not um, related to anything else on the planet a couple of weeks ago, right? Something like that. Uh, that would be uh, Usher on his, his the beginnings of his film career. Apparently there were lots and lots of post-production cuts on this, so they cut out a whole character. Supposedly, there was a fashion promotion uh, Tommy Hilfiger or something. I mean, it was it was dimension trying to exert themselves as sort of. Uh, branding teen movies and didn't work for them. And it, it distracted from the fact that um, they have this really strong film. I mean, if you just look at how Rodriguez. Works on it. And then we have the um, early CGI or the early cheap CGI. But Rodriguez is taking a very serious, um, while still exaggerated, approach to it. He also doesn't do the humor. He doesn't do the um Kevin Williamson one liners. he just lets them fly through. Is he supposed to be swearing in front of students? I think The Puppet Masters had come out at this time so like we'd had the Possession Alien Possession remakes of the 90s and it didn't really didn't really catch on not when Abel Fiara did uh, Body Snatchers not when The Puppet Masters came out so it's a seems weird that they would have tried for yet another alien possession and expected a different result. It's... Love for upper Patrick. I... He was in Copland what 97 and he was barely in it but it was enough that you could just sort of see that he did have potential that had been ignored um following terminator 2 and i think he was on the sopranos around the same time and So, Williamson's pretty slick about how he sets up how the eventual character interactions go. Uh, It's meandering without appearing too uh, forced. But you can definitely see that he's he's got it figured out. It's very um, plotted, which is nice. It's just kind of rough. I I mean, who's the audience for this movie? Um, It's... It is very much Scream as a a sci-fi Scream, only there's never been a hit. I mean, if Scream is a smart version of Friday the 13th, the faculty then, with less self-reference um the faculty is what a smarter high school version of toby hooper's uh invaders from mars it's just it's not a existing genre the the sort of sci-fi alien invasion genre never took off in the 80s there's all these um examples of it that I actually want to see, but I haven't actually seen them. Was it Strange Invaders and some other things? I'm not thinking of Mac and me. I'm thinking of the actual the first round of, of directors who had grown up um, watching uh, the old sci-fi on TV and Got around to making movies. And that sort of sums it up, right, the, especially how Rodriguez's editing style makes you want – it makes it easy to, if not dislike um, Zeke, then you can –
1: it's just an odd
0: handling of it, right? Like we, we go through this long exchange where – the punchline. He's being cruel. And we, um, we aren't supposed to dislike him yet, though. So, Elijah Wood, who I assumed would be sort of the lead since he was the biggest star, he's now had adventures with Sean Hattousey, Jordana Brewster, who else? Marco Beltrami, too. I mean, I don't... He always was the sort of cheap um, composer Miramax would hire. It was a shock when he actually was on uh, something from another studio. Um, but he does a good job with it. I just remember how... It, Everybody was uh, always sad that, what was it, John Ottman didn't edit Halloween H2O. He -hmm. just did the music because he had edited Usual Suspects. By everybody, I mean the, the commenters on Dark Horizons. Still set up. Thirty minutes in. What is it? This present action were twenty-ish hours, um, plus minus a few because we had the scene on the field. And it is a dangerous, uncomfortable scene c g blood in the uh nineties had some problems um Was that a Wrath of Khan reference there? With the ear... running through the halls baby new earth in something low cut to show off her changes She left him. Uh. And, yeah, we're still not... Oh, Christopher McDonald. Okay, so I just was watching SLC Punk. He's in it, and so is Summer Phoenix, who plays the uh, yelling girl in the hallway earlier. Um, But the whole uh, Calling it the faculty It almost (sighs) The pace of the movie is Peculiar Right It 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 brings together its cast eventually in a very abnormal way. In that... we're... a third into the movie right now. And we don't have... a... The, the principles together yet and there are a lot of principles I think was there five of them five named characters at the beginning, so it's just um or six and it's just it it's just strange that it's got such a long intro, and that long intro is a result of um. Williamson on uh, on his sort of TV interests with the opening of the scream movies of this movie it, it it's sort of spending a lot of time on something else and then. Starting the story. And the faculty, of course, doesn't have Nev Campbell running through the movie um, as the lead. It has, you know, the supporting cast of a Scream movie without that lead, which is strange. Especially from a narrative standpoint, makes you wonder what. Williamson's drafts look like it and it really actually showcases his um a certain quality to it um of how to structure it, there's only so much you can do with it um but it it works out. But I don't know. I, I never watched Dawson's Creek. But it seems like it would only work out for a pilot. And Elijah Wood is, I guess, the closest thing to a lead – And (laughs) Rodriguez just has a very, you know, interesting take on doing a mainstream sequence like this one. You've got this script that you could see going any number of ways and how Rodriguez could play it out, but instead he, he sort of goes with This very... height, not many establishing shots, the interest, as important as the background, as important as the setting is, you know, these Harrington High establishing shots are about the content and it's... Not a. I don't know. Rodriguez's enthusiasm for the project is. His scale for the project is very closed. He isn't interested in doing anything grandiose. And that's why the grandiose finish is is such a, a standout. And I hadn't seen, like I said, I, I, I we only watched uh, Invaders from Mars for the podcast a couple of years ago, and I hadn't seen it before then. And Invaders from Mars also, you know, captures that um, the additional danger of of when it's the teenager or the child being the only one who. Who uh, knows that they have no um, support system or you know that the, the town's been invaded by aliens I'm sorry i don't I don't know how to soften that forty two minutes in, right? So there's about an hour left probably, what, 50, 53 minutes of actual action left before the end credits and uh, epilogues. So, the movie still hasn't really established, you know, I guess it's, it's pace in some ways. Yeah we're getting to see the uh, changes to the faculty, which certainly plays into the title of the film, but they're not... You could do the whole movie with them being suspicious and they're never being an alien takeover. That would be the, the sort of smarter take on it. Instead... You've got this this mix of uh, a teen movie, and obviously. Um... They're a a couple that uh, can be mistaken for brother and sister. Oh, so we're seeing their flirtations 44 minutes in, which is probably, what, 38 minutes since we met the characters. It's... Williamson does a good job layering in the character stuff so it doesn't feel forced. Someone should try to do a movie like this in the sort of internet age. Sort of the smartphone. This is the test. I think that was a trailer moment. Daniel Von Bargen, of course, uh, never really gets uh, as appreciated as he should be. But then, yeah, I mean, 45 minutes in, he's um, flirting with the new girl, something that could have been established so much earlier. And this also comes after the scene with um, uh, K. Jansen, which in some ways means that He's Hartner gets the only role that has like two actual layers. Sean Hattasi gets, you know, one and a half. Clea Duvall gets one and a half. Um, Elijah Wood, he gets the parents. So I guess he gets two as well. Uh, Jordana Brewster actually gets the least. basically you could have done this without any of the introduction too and then we establish that they of course know each other because they're they're outliers i've always been somewhat convinced that this um, um, is filmed at a different location than the establishing shots. So having. Was this before, or after? This was somewhat concurrent to Goodwill Hunting, but the idea of having your your super observant, intelligent, underachieving character—actually, this was after Goodwill Hunting, wasn't it? Yeah, about a year after. so Jordan, uh, salma Hayek didn't get uh, gussied up, but Far K Jansen and Baby Newworth did. So, again, I'm not entirely sure that it's believable a teacher could say that in front of students. But, um, again, it it suggests this sort of pre-existing relationship that's, you know, been not even really hinted at. It's just part of the texture of the movie and the characters. And that's the difference between this and something like – Halloween H2O, right? Halloween H2O doesn't have any of this uh, subtlety, any of this. um, It has a different subtlety. It has different um, things going on. But it doesn't have this level of um, care. And then now we have the Jamie Kennedy sequence from... Uh, No, the the puppet masters and the body snatchers. We just—it's. Did Kevin Williamson really like these movies? Because
1: it—it.
0: I just can't see how he sold Miramax on it. They sold Harvey and Bob on. but this whole concept of you know the alien invasion because they've always been here or something—I feel like that was actually played up in promotion too, like a, a possible explanation for things, because this was post-Independence Day as well, with and Men in Black. Right? She just said it, so it's this you know starting in about 90 94 stargate had a lot of pro, um, not press it had a lot of promotion and it sort of got the idea of the mainstream sci-fi with aliens movie um with aliens in costume movie uh and that possibility Now, of course, this didn't have aliens and costumes and neither did many of the um, sci-fi movies of 95 to, uh, whatever, 2001, uh, sort of ending with evolution's bomb. But now, so we've got this core of four. You know, we've got the... uh, (laughs) I love the photography I love that soft late 90s photography nobody would do this anymore on film nobody would do this anymore without Rushing. um, Rodriguez takes a lot of care for how he shoots the characters. um, For how he shoots the dialogue. And it's, what did he made by now? He'd made uh, Desperado from Dust Till Dawn and El Mariachi. And it suggests this sort of smooth, naturalistic filmmaking style that doesn't really exhibit anything else that I've seen, anyway. This is another cover of a famous school song. 55 minutes in like we're over halfway there like we don't need this is too late for and i think this is some of the pacing problem is it's it's supposed to be scream with aliens only it's not paced the right way it's i mean it's not paced the same way and you couldn't duplicate the result uh the enthusiasm result which um, Scream Two did match those beats, those intensity beats. <laughs> and there's the um, sort of watching it after you know the the ending, certain scenes. You can s- look for how Rodriguez does things to, you know, foreshadow, not foreshadow. I actually am curious if, uh, they had the ending sold or uh decided before um, they did things, so yeah, now we've got the uh oh the hidden right the hidden uh, what was that 87, right? Jack's shoulder. So, yeah, you're and they live. I mean, this is that was a stunt, man. Um, this presupposes that the hidden and they live were popular enough that people would just be clamoring for a you know concept version of that and. Nobody was i mean it's it's kind of incredible when you think about it. It's the thing, the hidden they live, all are not infamous bombs, but certainly mm, they were. <laughs> So it's sort of the the people being self aware of being inside of a, what is it, a sci fi movie, as in Scream, you're aware of being inside of a horror movie. Only Rodriguez doesn't play it for the irony of it. He plays it for its own internal reality. But, yeah, I mean, like this sequence. Really, the alien-possessed people whisper your name and stare at you in certain ways? I mean, there's no... uh, The rules of the the faculty aliens are undetermined or... uh, Inconsistent. It makes for just a very strange um, film, which I've been saying, I think, but it's just like. This is when the movie starts. Your movie just started. It's 59 minutes in. You know, we know, the audience knows that the aliens are invading the school. We've known since very early on. And it's taken the, the protagonists of the movie uh, 50 minutes... Ish, if you want to say you had to see the opening with Baby New Earth to to buy into the the concept of the film, um, that it it wasn't predetermined by going to the movie and knowing that, that from previews it was about aliens invading a school, and it's a it's a writer's. You know, movie in in many ways, just in in that the so. I guess what I mean by that it's a writer's movie is that – yeah, so we're 50 minutes in before the audience catches up or before the characters catch up with what the audience already knows. That's a very different mm, narrative agreement to have, right? It's incredibly uncommon. You're over halfway through. Nobody really actually suspects that it's an alien, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not like Elijah Wood knew at the beginning. It's very non-traditional, and it got made, but it didn't really. I mean, there's probably all sorts of edits and things like that 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 went wrong. Uh, characters removed, runtime, blah blah blah. You know, there's post-production issues. Yet, in many ways, it still shows you how a film structured like this would work. And the reason it it shows you that is because of how well made it is from uh, Rodriguez's standpoint and just the the actors. And just the care put into every... um, Sort of Zeke's lab, uh, Elijah Wood's room, the school. It's very. Not sure how you'd know that just from, from looking at a thing. Oh, did we just have a. I think we just had a goof with the glasses coming on and off. I mean, when you... You know, Delilah's secretly smart because she wears glasses. Zeke is, you know, smart and he wears glasses. Rodriguez isn't exactly... He's not going over – what am I trying to say here? He's not exactly pandering, but he is using a very traditionally agreed upon uh, visual cues, right? People with glasses are smarter. Um This came after Mars Attacks too, and Mars Attacks had bombed, so it's just a very, you know, it's using some of the same language as Mars Attacks to tell its story, and it's it, it, it was similarly not well received. It's it's like people don't want this sort of these filmmaking techniques executed this is an interesting you know nobody wants to believe any of this I, I, and by that I mean that when you're watching this scene of the people fighting, you don't want it to be the scene and the thing. You don't secretly want it to somebody to start jumping up and down. You want all of these characters to be okay. But you know you've gotten to the part in the movie where we have to have the scene with everybody tied to a chair and the petri dishes of blood. Because it feels like when you question the characters, and this is the result of spending uh, 55 minutes with them, uh, that you do identify with them. That you care about them in a way that is different from not wanting them to grotesquely die and making uh, an uncomfortable visual sequence. Like in The Thing, where in some cases you can say you don't really like whoever, but you don't exactly want to see his his, his hands eaten off by a dog monster or a stomach monster. This is just a... Really well done sequence from Rodriguez. So what is this stuff? It's sugar and caffeine. I think actually Baltrami's score being so... um, Having these, these elements of sort of your your suspense whatever genre standoffs and things like that it adds to sort of the irregularness of the of the film in a way that um, And there is just this awesome sort of the implied pre existing relationships. I love it. How much caffeine do you have to have to be this excited – And big surprise. Big surprise. And there's only 33.50 left in the movie with end credits. So this is how we get over the problem of us starting our movie at, you know, 55 minutes in, <laughs> that Clea Duval never like she's been in Argo, that was her biggest thing after this. I've just it, it makes me sad, it makes me so sad because she's so good, and it's just like if they didn't sit around and practice and rehearse with the uh, breakfast club script. I I always want to pretend that they did just because it'd just be amazing if they had, because it just feels like it, you know, it just... I don't know if the teen sports movies had started at this point, either. I think they had the sort of nineties teen sports movies. It's just such an odd uh, seven years of 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 movies just as these you know your your Shakespearean high school genre would start your Shakespearean high school genre would uh fail your these these genres matured and and went from being uh, what is it not serious to serious to uh, then Figuring in the sort of 2004-ish, uh, not direct-to-DVD, but movies that didn't see a real theatrical release, um... Sort of taking the place, not not being legitimized, but but being a, a business reality, and how that changed this level of uh, you know sort of medium low budgeted films. But it's like Baby Newworth; I always feel like isn't actually in this movie very much, but she is, and it's because of how it's paced out that you know we had this long summary of of a day and the school and then now the action is is closer to real time Actually, I wonder if post battle star things would be... But again, there's, there's a very comedic moment there that Rodriguez doesn't do. Doesn't have any interest in doing. And that's kind of, you know, really cool that he doesn't. There's no action. There's no... And so they've already tricked us, right? We've already had um, Jordana Brewster be the sick one after, you know, when was she infected? You know, everybody else acted so weird, but she didn't. And so now can they trick us again? you know, what are the ramifications of that? And then, of course, there's a sort of almost fly reference coming up, just in tone. (laughs) And I guess in some ways the faculty is always that. I always am saying things like, oh, I wish... uh, John Carpenter would have directed a family drama or something like that, just to see how an attentive, um, thoughtful director handles something outside of his or her genre. The faculty is a good example of it. But then when bringing up the thing references that um, the betrayal of the sort of uh, likable man within, you know, so we just had – we just had um, Stan and Stokely have their romantic interlude, and in it to seem there's just this weird cruelty. You know, it's kind of like in some ways of this it's like night watch um in terms of i don't know budget or whatever but just in terms of So lots has happened. We've lost two of our characters right after they've discovered that they could be turned into aliens. Then we have a siege movie. I like how the attention was paid to do a gym echo like And and that's kind of the... John Hughes came out of comedy he Uh, his teen movies were sort of based on a comedy influence. And comedy has a different agreement with the audience than a, a different genre, right? It has an agreement with the audience, right? Like a comedy is trying to provoke a reaction from the audience. Um, Whereas a drama isn't necessarily. A melodrama might be trying to get you to cry, but a regular drama is not trying to get you to cry um, or laugh. But a comedy is. You know, John Hughes trying to laugh. So he's trying to get a reaction out of his audience, and he brought that to his teen movies, and that sort of excuse me, carried over into how teen movies worked. And what Scream did was sort of uh, bring together these two genres that are trying to provoke reactions out of their audiences, the um, horror genre and the teen genre, but it works differently, you know, so the faculty sort of being a derivative in this line of the scream approach through, you know, the Studio and what it it filled the scream release date, the Christmas release date. You know, this is this is supposed to be the sci fi version of I Know What You Did Last Summer, just with Kevin Williamson on board, or or whatnot. But those. Comparisons or that relationship you don't need sort of these these breakfast club like um, archetypes and uh, very general breakfast club type archetypes uh, Williamson comes up with some far superior um, characterizations, uh, far less caricature. Um. So... guess I've always wondered if the thing homage which doesn't look as good as the thing of course because it's crappy 1998 CG but at least it's not on um you know too crisp video i mean the 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 headless body is far superior to the walking head um but again we're it's too much you know this is this is too out there for um i don't know if i'd say two out there for mainstream audiences but it's certainly you know you're you don't have the same agreement and that's kind of the thing with your your mainstream very commercial movie is, is that you do have to look at it from the commerce perspective, but you just look at the the care that Robert or the care that Rodriguez took with the, that shot. Sort of the gentle moving in. It's very cool. very gentle way of doing the movie and he really hasn't had a lot of jump scares if you think about it not in a while even the delilah shot uh he carried that out this are we going for a jump or are we going for no, we're going for, there's a giant Lovecraftian monster and this is what a giant Lovecraftian monster looks like, um, on our budget. So, you know, what are we going to do with it? And it's, it's gonna be as big as it can be. And, as far as the budget goes, and how it, you know, what you can do on the budget, Rodriguez has that constraint that he, you know, obviously, obviously had on um, El Mariachi and Desperado to some extent and, and from Dustal till dawn to some extent is that you, that inventiveness is there, that sort of um, that creativity in, with lack of, of uh, to, to make up for lack of money. think the chlorine in the water would be bad for the alien. So now as we return to sort of the, the shadowy shape here, I, I, I just wish somehow there was a, a flashback to seeing um, however she approached the coach in that opening shot. Um I think it'd be interesting to see how i mean it'd be interesting to see just because uh Harris's performance in this is uh, I feel very under appreciated uh even in terms of how much the faculty is appreciated, which isn't very much um And here this was a goof, so she closes her off her nose and she opens the thing and that 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 in the shot it's um, the the bottom of the pen cap is there, so either it's a big they weren't thinking or she wasn't always the killer. But again, very thing-like reference that uh, there are some surprises um, in how the sort of possessed aliens deal with things. It, It's sort of weird because it is like this sort of alien possession thing where as horror movies and, and possession has sort of, I guess, made a cultural comeback, uh, Exorcist-like possession. Um, the alien body snatchers it's become a, a standard uh, whether and what started as something budgetary right like you don't have to do makeup if the alien looks like your regular cast member has turned into something else um you know it, it's it's got Grandiosity to it. Uh, same with zombies. You know, there's grandiosity to uh, something that, in other, in in most ways, is 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 supposed to be a low budget technique. Um, very cool shot. Nobody's gonna appreciate. Uh, it's hard not to think of. Uh, what is it? Alan Moore's sort of. Uh, Lovecraft stuff um, even though it's it's more recent than this, just because uh, well giant giant fish people, really um, aquatic animals. no explanation of how the alien got to Earth. None of that. I mean, it's very... And here's your your thing moment, you know, your Except here, it's what It's not the only practical thing. Was probably the uh, lockers. And I mean, I've seen this movie one, two, three, four, five, six, six to seven times. And I swear I never remember who the final person is just because it's so um, anti-Last Girl. It's so anti uh, Nev Campbell is the protagonist. It's so um, anti-Jamie Lee Curtis that I get wrapped up in everything else before I get to the end. And it's like, of course it's Elijah Wood. He's the only movie star in it. And was it all for nothing? I mean, you had to to realize this is what, 98? Special effects had had gone through the, the major CG revolution, right? Yet... You know, Tremors was a l- probably either equally budgeted or lower budgeted uh, sort of effects movie, and it had more emphasis on those effects. Uh, faculty is just, you know, it had no market, it had no audience. Just, it doesn't commercially work the same way as the Scream movies do, or even any of the like Miramax teen movies, because it, it, it came amongst that era as well, of, of Miramax doing the teen comedies. And now we get the epilogues. Okay, so it is one month later. So we're at about the 98-minute mark. You, You erase the first eight minutes of the movie. And now it's just a mystery about what happened to faculty members. You know, it's just like... And then we have this sort of... Peculiarness of it. And of course, she's cleaned up a little because her life is sunny, which, you know, is what it is. And let's see here. How does. I guess her hair is less red, so they look less like brother and sister. But he looks cooler, right? But it's because... There's... I mean, this... eh, It's a little much, right? Like Time Magazine, Alien Invasion. It's a little much, but... It's reminding us that we we really did like Jordana Brewster. And then there's our more things change, the more they stay the same. And end of the movie. Okay, so Kevin Williamson writing somebody else's script. I forgot that. Produced by Rodriguez's wife, which makes it very different than the Scream movies which were what? Conrad Woods and Marco Beltrami, Enrique, I forgot his last name. Oh, Rodriguez probably did edit it because he did not take a given edit credit. So now we're in alphabetical order with the cast and... There's, does Von Bargen get a credit? He should. (laughs) I mean, just the silliness that (laughs) John, yeah, he does good. John Stewart's the only one who gets like sort of this cut scene from, yep, Summer Phoenix and John Abrams. Um, John Stewart gets this cut scene. From after, you know, everything's okay. It's it's just a very strange inclusion. Um, the scene clearly wouldn't have worked, but, you know, it, it's a fun inclusion. Uh, yeah, Kurtzman, Nicker, Nicotero, Rodriguez was using real um, practical effects, guys, and I, I sort of remember that it was delayed because of that. Uh or there were problems with it, and they had to they had to switch over to the c g i um yep, alphabetical order again for the cast list, and it's kind of like who plays Casey's mom doesn't really matter, even though she's in it just as much as um. Christopher McDonald, except for dropping him off for school. And now yet another cover. I mean, it's... it's The sort of Miramax movie-making machine of, of the late 90s and, and seeing one that they clearly put the work into, but it didn't get any of the result that they they sort of would have wanted from it. And the same thing happened with 54. And I mean, in some ways it happened when you take a number of measured successes and make conclusions from them and try to apply that to other things. Um, Avid, Rodriguez edited on Avid. I remember that was a big deal back in the late 90s. Reading um, interviews with him where he talked about he cut digitally uh, early and yeah the faculty I'm uh, Bernie Wrightson was the conceptual designer how crazy is that could have looked better just just saying. I don't really see Bernie Wrightson as a guy for doing aliens. Um, cute ones. He did a really cute one in Swamp Thing at the beginning, but Wrightson's horror style is a little bit different. Centropolis Effects. So they used the special effects company from, created by, I think Centropolis is the, the company that Emmerich uh, and, what's it called, came up with? Devlin. So there you go, Tommy Hilfiger, like I said Town of Texas, Austin, Texas area Blah, blah, blah I, I don't know if it's really a killer soundtrack um, There's like Sheryl Crow on it I mean, it's just everything You know, you can find Creed, Garbage You know, it's just Anything you could get Oddly enough, I always thought the song Helpless by Degeneration, which is a glam punk band, was in this movie, but maybe not. So that's the end of the movie. Um, Thanks for listening. I'm assuming I was a little bit better about the long pauses than I was during Innocent Blood last month. Next month's episode is going to be on The Searchers, which will be pretty cool to do. Love The Searchers. Um, That'll be September 20th, a Sunday. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Stop Button Favorites. Uh, Once again, the website is thestopbutton.com. And I've been Andrew Wycliffe.